Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Football, where we talk about the NFL and fantasy sports with a beer in our hand. My name is Mark. And I am Biz, coming to you from Seattle for the last time for the foreseeable future, Mark's favorite city. The best. How are you? <laughs> I can't win in the NFL, I can't win in fantasy, and I can't win in my heart. Ah, uh, well, we can talk about, well, we can get into that a little bit later, but uh, without further ado, we are honoured to have a special guest on our special podcast guest. this week. He is currently our fantasy league leader at eight and two, um, although there should probably be an asterisk there. Um, come to us all the way from Dresden, Germany. We are honoured to have Spencer as our guest today. How are you doing, Spence? Biz, I am great. Thank you for having me, Biz. And of course, Mark, thank you also for having me. It is an honor to be making my or having my inaugural podcast debut here on Improper Football. So thank you, guys. No problem. If you keep winning, no we may have you back, but only if you keep winning. <laughs> and just, on that, just on that subject, as, as a dear, dear friend, I'm going to take Spencer to task before the episode gets going. Uh-oh. As I've already mentioned... <laughs> He is our eight and two league leader. He and, must be good. Um, I do, I've even done some homework on Spencer's team, just like the homework. pundits do on, on First ESPN. First time have done homework ever. So, Spencer, you are eight and two. You have had two wins, less than a point. Uh, you beat uh, my esteemed co-host by 0.96, I believe. You also had one win where you won by 0.2, I believe. Um, your point difference is a whopping 10. Um, whereas mine is 180. Um, so just like in university, explain your team. Uh, how are you eight and two when you should be two and eight? Discuss. All right. Thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I guess, firstly, I just want to say that, you know, I'm happy to be a part of this football league with you guys. Uh, and also that I'm having to do this uh, from Dresden, Germany. So first thing is that, you know, I've got a huge time difference. You know, your one o'clock starts are 7 p.m. for me. Or if it's, you know, uh, in the afternoon, it's a 10.05 or it's the 2.30 a.m. So Monday night games basically for me are out of the question <laughs> if it's a work day. Oh, you don't stay day. up late to watch the late games? <laughs> Sometimes I do, but, you know, I'm, 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 a, the I'm a good German boy now. Time. Yeah, I'm a good German play. boy. I, I get my rest. You know, I'm, I'm on to work. I'm at work on time. So that's usually <laughs> pretty Efficient, Efficiency. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, You've got to get to bed at the right time and get up at the right time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so although that was seemingly annoying uh, when it came to the draft, uh, because I was just automatically drafted, for example, Michael Thomas, who's been out for this whole season. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, let's be honest. I should have stayed up for the draft, and I did an auto-draft. I guess I was lazy. Um, but the, the positive thing is that, you know, I've been really staying on top of my fantasy lineup, uh, because of that time difference. It kind of keeps me around with, you know, biz with you and, you know, back and forth. Um, yeah. I would say that the, one of the reasons why that I'm, uh, have the record of eight and two is just kind of, I've gotten, I've been fortunate enough in my waiver wire pickups. You know, I, when a lead running back, I forget his name in Seattle went down, I picked up Alex Collins. He netted me 14.5 for the first week and maybe nine for the second. So that was pretty good. Um, you know, the Vikings didn't start very well, but I think week three or four, I picked up their defense, also netting me 10 points. So that kind of helped. Um, picked up Kirk Cousins. And I also picked up Tyler Conklin after Irv Smith went out. And he was, that he, was, he's been good. 
good tight and end. It, you know, it's been up and down, and I've kind of like rotated. I've had like three tight ends on my roster, even, and which just seems a little weird and overkill. But that's because the waiver wires have been like there's been nothing for running backs. It's been yeah. slim pickings, so I've been trying to keep that up. Um, I got lucky, you know. I drafted, or in the draft, I got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And, you know, both from the same time, thought it was going to be negative for me, but actually it's turned out quite positive. You know, past few weeks, Mike Williams hasn't really turned out, but overall, both of them are pretty good. Um, regarding the two games that were super close, um, yeah, Mark, I'm sorry, you know, that that game, you know, I know your defense blanked and that was kind of it. So it that happened. was kind of like football gods, I guess, were smiling upon you me. You know what, Sunday. I somehow blame Biz in that regardless. You know what? I, I think I think I will too. It's to be me too. So it, it, it's Biz's fault. All right. Yeah. For all those listeners out there, that that one's on Biz. And to come back to the game where I beat Biz, actually, um, you know, I think with oh, you, he will do that. He would have to. Well, do that, well, well, Biz, during the week I played you, you had the Bills defense. They also blanked, and I think Mike Mike Edmonds did, only did. netted you four point seven points that week. Yes, and those did. two factors were the were the things that kind of gave me that win. Um, but I'd say just in a nutshell, you know, I just try and be as proactive as possible. Um, you know, I'm really looking well, at those matchups and trying. And the, the thing is, made this that's made it, I think, so weird with the algorithms is that you see these high points, but we're not seeing consistent point numbers based on those predictions. And I think right. that has to do a, to an increased 17 game season. You've got more rotations going on in every team. Plus, yeah, you have possibly. the other variant of, you know, people like pandemic. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was out the other week. You've got other people out for the pandemic. So you've got m some more uh, variables in this football season and a longer football season that I think you're just seeing lower point totals, which just means closer games. And I've just been kind of on the fortunate end. On the subject of that, if I could just add a quick thing. How does it feel knowing that both of the quarterbacks on your lineup have not been vaccinated? <laughs> That's a difficult question. No um, comment. I can neither confirm or deny. Is you know what? I'll, no, I'll, I'll address it very quickly. I would say that um, if I'm comparing both of them, I'll start with uh, with uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, Kirk from the very beginning. You know, I know him and Adam Thielen. They're both both quite religious. Um, and they're always, they never try and throw anyone under the bus. Uh, and from day one, Kirk always said, you know, I'm basically, I'm not going to get it, but I'm going to do my darndest to make sure that I'm keeping that yeah. distance and, yeah. you know, with the mask and he does it. And yeah, I believe he does. he's really, yeah. he, he's really adhered to those. Unfortunately, I flip it over to lying Aaron Rodgers, who yeah. said from the very beginning, I was immunized and the media just took that as uh, being vaccinated then continued to violate protocols with mask wearing and now is continuing to say, you know, like, well, it's my choice and all of this stuff and trying to say, no, I didn't say that. And he's just full of crap. And um, I'm just, I'm actually kind of disappointed at him. I thought that, you know, I know he's a fan of Joe Rogan and I guess that goes to show. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I think, I think Aaron Rodgers for as, as talented as he is, and he's a very talented quarterback. I think, you know, he's been a little bit narrow minded and he was just manipulative and it's just really unfair to him and to the fans who, you know, maybe put some trust in him. So I don't disagree with the, and if you listen to the podcast for the past couple of weeks, you'll know that what our opinions on Aaron Rodgers are as well. Um, I'm sure that your history of being a Vikings fan plays no part into this whatsoever as well. Um, <laughs> although it probably feels a lot better to be able to feel like you've been proven right in a lot of instances, which I would definitely feel the same way as well. And I can also just jump in here and say, um, Spence, that was a very impassioned defense of your team. But I think you forgot the most important factor in your run this season, mm -hmm. Lady Luck. 
Um, and uh, I, I'm just, we all need a bit of luck in fantasy and in life. And uh, I, I love how he he didn't mention that at all. <laughs> I'll do it. It's very very slick there. I liked it. I liked it. But um, um, okay, okay. Down down to to address that point. I mean, when I when I played Mark, I definitely got luck there. I would say okay. though that the other games that when we looked at those pre predictions, I mentioned that a little while ago. I, there were some games for the teams I was going up against, they were predicted to have 120, 130. And those teams only produced in the 90s. And, right. I, I, you know, players have off weeks. These types of things happen. Some are better than others. But those weeks where those teams also underperformed, those were the weeks that I also picked up the Vikings defense. I picked up Alex Collins. And I made the right moves to put myself in the best position. So... You're right. You could chalk it up to luck. But if I hadn't done those things, I also wouldn't have won. Yeah, so, I don't think that this is luck. I think this is making the correct proactive moves to be able to do what you need to do. If I could just bring up the week that you beat Biz by like 20 points, as opposed to just narrowly skirting away from me like you did. You had Michael Thomas on IR, and you also had Logan Thomas. What about the Thomases? Come on. You had Logan Thomas on IR, and you had to, as you mentioned, pick up Tyler Conklin just so you could have a tight end. That means yeah, you're being proactive. No, it's true. Logan Thomas, I, I mean, he was on injured reserve uh, starting week four. And then week yeah. five, also Squan Barkley's been out for the past, what, five, six weeks? It seems yeah, like it's so. Yeah. So he's yeah. been out. So I've been like, I've got Jamal Williams. And then I'd like, I dropped Delvin Singletary. I've just recently picked him back up. And I've been just trying to bounce back and forth with the running backs, which has been uh, uh, super hard. So you mean Javante Williams, not Jamal. Javante right? Williams, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I do mean Javante Williams, of course. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, why don't we why don't we move to our matchups this this past week? Um, Mark, who did you play this week? How did uh, you do? Apparently, this week? I played nobody this week because my team just decided not to show up. Um, no, I I got I, it was the saddest saddest possible outcome you could have. I played against as for lack of a better term, my esteemed co-host, and I lost by. I won't say it was an impressive victory because you still put up less than 100 points, but you played against me in probably my worst week that I had. Uh, I played Russell Wilson, who essentially should not have shown up that week. He probably should have taken another week off, and I would have likely just played Matt Ryan, who also was not going to get me anything as well. So my quarterbacks were essentially dead last week. Uh, Adrian Peterson did not play well. Josh Jacobs did not play well. DJ Moore did not play well, which is essentially the case for my entire lineup. So I essentially have to win out now to have a chance to get to the playoffs at this point. But It's still possible, though. We do oh, have... Yeah, it's still possible. I, I do know yeah. who's in our league, so it's entirely possible. <laughs> Call out everyone in the league. I'm going for you yes. for that eighth or sixth spot. I think we're eight deep for the playoffs. I forget. So, so yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I had a very average week. I mean, I scored, yeah, under 100 points. My team did okay. Nothing special again. Justin Herbert, he, he's he's actually starting to annoy me a little bit because it's one week he'll get like 40-odd points and the next week he'll do like 12. And that's what happened this last week. Just to interject, we are at 60 for the playoffs. It's two buys and uh, four for the first round. So Yes. Top six will make the yeah. playoffs. But I had some good performances all around. But interestingly, with the Monday night game, 
Rams 49ers because I know you had George Kittle going and I think I was yeah. up by like he was 32. My only chance to win if he yes, went off. Yes, and George and George Kittle is someone that can go off and score. He is capable of getting those 30 points. And, and I and, was actually thoroughly convinced that the only chance that the 49ers had to win that game is because George Kittle made the decision that they were going to win. Uh turns yes, out it was Debo Samuel who made the decision but, they were going to win. But actually, so like halfway through that game, uh well, not even half, like at the beginning, you know, the 49ers kind of took the game to the Rams and they were up by quite a bit early and I was looking at the score and George Kittle had caught like you know four for 47 yards or something and a touchdown and it was and I was just like oh no like this could be one of those nights for George Kittle so I'm thankful that he didn't have one of his like top top nights that he's capable of and I got another win so um yeah um currently in third so uh yeah looking looking up but uh Spencer how about how about you I, I'm guess uh, I'm I'm going to hazard a guess and and say you had another win. Well, in fact, I know you had another win. As 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 you would like to say, Barrage, the football gods smiled upon me again for yet another week. Um, I played uh, Justin and the fantasy football team, um, and my numbers also weren't great. You know, I had uh, what, like 93 uh, fantasy football team though only had uh, 79. So I think yeah. as I'm looking at it right now here, you know, um, I had Aaron Rodgers. He had just under 10 or under 11 points. Not great. Yeah, I had Cousins on my bench. Cousins was yeah. just shy of 20 points. So I made the wrong hmm. call there. Um, I think the only surprise thing was, um, I mean, Deontay Johnson held true with like 13.3. Uh, my pickup, I picked up the uh, tight end from, um, uh, the, um, from Jacksonville, Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. Uh, yeah, I picked him up in the league too. Yeah, he got me 13, 13.7 points this week, and that was yeah. pretty good. In my work uh, league, he was the difference between me winning and losing. So he he got me a win awesome. in my other league yeah. just because I had no tight ends. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's the, a good pickup. He's a good pickup, yeah. yeah and, and I would say the last thing, the past three weeks, I picked up uh, the kicker from Tennessee, uh, uh, Bullock, and uh, he yep. has been strong. Man, yep. he's been right around you know, eight to 12 points a week. And that has been good for a kicker. The difference, you know? So the only points I left on the bench were, you know, maybe one point with the tight end Conklin had over 14 and then cousins. So, um, but if I looked at the fantasy football team, the, nothing was happening on the bench. So that just was what it was. So another win in the books, eight and two for this Vikings fan. Yeah. And I have a feeling it's going to continue to roll that way. We've spent a lot of talk talking about our teams right now, and we really have a lot of news that we want to get into as far as like stuff that happened this weekend. And also looking back, since we're now officially past halfway for every team in the league, we want to go ahead and readjust things for midseason. But before we do that, we have one more thing to resolve, and that is Biz, our picks for this past week. So Biz, you picked this past week the Buffalo Bills using another one of your strong teams available to go ahead and pull, I believe, a victory out. I believe that the Bills won. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Just, uh, not by... Just, I mean, yes, just, it was... It was a close victory. It was a close victory. It was just a close victory, yes. You know, yeah, so they, no, no, no. yeah, very, very close. Uh, what was it? They only <laughs> won by... Oh, 35 was it or 30, uh, 31? No, it wasn't. It was 28 points. Come on, come oh, on. 28. Okay. Far out. It was only four okay. scores. That's not bad. And yeah. I picked a team that kind of left me feeling like I just kind of feel like I just got, uh, what's the term? Bamboozled. I feel like I was lied to. Plummoxed. I, I, I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Oh. Oh. And you were half right. But here's the thing. If you tie against the Lions, is that even a tie? Don't you just... <laughs> so the point of survival is to pick a winning team. I would not have liked to be in that dressing room after that game with Mike Tomlin. Like Talk about that. dressing down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. That would not have been a nice thing. I think it's safe to say that Mason Rudolph is not the future of the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that they are going <laughs> to be looking for a different quarterback. But also they they just but some of those plays like they they fumbled the ball and and just really weird. I uh, they probably I think a lot of teams you know I understand why but they're just taking the it's like you're playing the Lions, oh, it's a win. And so you don't, you don't probably prepare or have your mind ready as you would probably any other team. Yeah. Even a pool team like the Jacksonville or the Jets or something. Something about the Lions just like, oh, it's a win. And, you know, it, sh- it showed. But it showed. So what happens? So with a tie, that, that. I just, it counts what? as a loss. I, I do not oh, get a point. Unless okay. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. So I'm now ahead. You're still ahead. Like you have, you're on such a hot streak at this point. You're up to seven <laughs> points overall. I'm still stuck at four for the. Ooh, well, I've, 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 I've picked wrong for six weeks in a row now, after okay. like starting off the season without having missed anything. Uh, we'll get into what our picks for this week are, and Spence will go ahead and give his three picks as well for being a guest. But we have a couple of stories that we want to focus on for this week. We talked a little bit about the tie for the Lions dealers and how nobody likes ties, but. Just one last quick thing about that game. It always shocks me when NFL players say, oh, I didn't know that you could tie an NFL game. I'm like, excuse me? Is your name wow. Donovan McNabb? Yes. Do you just completely forget how the way the NFL works? I know that in college, you can just keep going until the cows come home. And the reason why is because the NCAA doesn't care about you. But in the NFL, you have a players association that says, hey, y'all are going to stop playing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like gobsmacked this still happens with, with players because, yeah, I know it doesn't happen that often, but that they happen every maybe three or four years. There's like yeah. one game and you're right. And yet still plays like, Oh, I didn't know it could end in a draw. And you're just like, like what have you been like living under a rock or something? Like, it's just so, yeah. So yeah. dumb to me, but, I, but yeah. hasn't there, I mean, but over the past couple seasons, there have been way more ties than usual. Oh yeah. Um, we had a tie last season. I think we had a tie the season before. I might be yeah, wrong in the sure. season before, but I'm relatively sure that I think we had a tie in like week three last season. I think it was the right. Bengals. I might be wrong on that, but um, and I didn't. Anyway. I didn't catch it. Oh, was ahead. was McNabb giving some commentary on this and just? Uh... No, the whole McNabb thing was back when he was playing. The Eagles tied because he was just kind of like not like playing with urgency. And then when the game ended in a tie, he said, "Oh, I don't. I didn't remember that the game could end in a tie." didn't think that it could do that he was like the first like big star like in like 2005 2006 who just said That's after worse a game than i was oh. thinking i thought he was giving some type of commentary on like one of the no. new shows oh wow okay no whenever a player says that i that Oof. they didn't know the game could end in a tie i always say you just mcnabbed it, <laughs> just mean, McNabbed he, it. he definitely does not know the definition of due diligence does not <laughs> So we have a couple of stories that I want to bring up this week. Um, the one I really wanted to talk about was Cam Newton, who mm. had a wonderful return back to the Carolina Panthers, uh, just picked up late in the week, didn't have enough time to be able to like readjust to everything. And I th- he didn't, like, it, it's kind of weird. I didn't see the game. I saw the stats. I saw the highlights clearly, and he scored a touchdown on his two first possessions. The Panthers destroyed the Cardinals. 
34 to 10. Now, this was still without Kyler Murray, which, you know, and Kyler DeAndre Murray Hopkins. is still, yeah, and w- without DeAndre Hopkins. The Panthers, with a quarterback that they just kind of switch back and forth between Cam Newton and PJ Walker, it's going to be fun to see what this Panthers team can do down the stretch. They may be the upset, like the, the surprise team that just suddenly resurges because now you've got a Cam Newton who's fresh and healthy for the second half of a season. Mark, just like you, you know, I caught the highlights of that game. And, uh, you know, they were switching between both quarterbacks. I think the thing that is, um, I don't know if anyone mentioned about it in any of the, the commentary shows, uh, but, you know, uh, where Cam Newton was coming from. Cam Newton's coming from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And that style of coaching and getting type of his type of player, I, I dare I say, uh, reining it in a little bit. Uh, so it's, more, you know, focusing on some different things. I think him getting that tutelage in some ways, then coming, then going back to Carolina, I think this is going to serve as a very, it's going to be a great opportunity for him. I don't yeah. think he's going to have to carry the team on his shoulders with uh, McCaffrey in that backfield as well. He's got some good weapons and he's a little bit wiser. And I think he's going to make fewer mistakes. And I think he is going to be dangerous. I think he's going to be really dangerous because he's going to bait you and switch you when you don't think it's going to happen because now he can, because he's going to give off the appearance of something else and he's going to switch because he can. One thing that I want to add to that, uh, consider these two years that he, or this year and a half that he took away from the Panthers, consider that almost like an, an unpaid internship. He took essentially the year and a half off that Christian McCaffrey was hurt. Think about that. Right. He was essentially oh, yeah, not true. playing for the Panthers when Christian McCaffrey was not there. Christian McCaffrey's back. Cam Newton is back. And the team may be as complete as it ever has been under a new coach, Matt Rule, who's now figured out how the rest of the system and the rest of those players work, has put a team around without having a quarterback really, really set in play. They have Sam Darnold on the team, but I think at this point we're all seeing that, okay, Cam Newton just fits better. And he will likely be the solution after the season. They will likely resign him to a longer contract. At least that's what I think is going to happen. Cam Newton is the Carolina Panthers. I, I'm going to chime in here and I hate to oh, be you're going to be wrong. Sure, sure. Go ahead and be wrong. Go ahead and be wrong. Completely <laughs> disagree with both of you. I, I do think I do with your last statement what you said. Cam Newton is the Carolina Panthers, and I think that's where he sort of that's where he belongs. Like I think I think it was good that they re-signed him. Look, it was a nice story him going back there and throwing a couple of touchdowns. Will he be able to continue this forward? I I'm not so sure. I hope he does, but. He didn't look that great in New England, and it's taken this amount of time for someone to pick him up. He didn't look great in a system that didn't have any weapons for him to throw to. That is correct. That's true. That's true. His, his first touchdown back was a rushing touchdown. Yeah. He, he clearly has the athleticism. He, he and ran he, it in. He ran over a defender to get to that, to that corner. I mean, like, that's Cam Newton. No one's ever questioned his running. It's always been no, his throwing well, over the last few years. Did the yeah. Patriots allow him to run those types of plays? Uh, when they had jumbo lineup, yeah. Well, yeah, not as you're right, not as much. They with the Patriots, they I, I think he was more of a thrower. I yeah. just I just it, it's a great story, and this happens sometimes. Someone goes back and they play really well, um, and then it just fizzles out. And I I I can't see him being the answer. You're you're right, Mark. I mean, he hasn't played a lot of. American football for the last two years or so. Well, apart from Patriots, but oh, yeah, he with played with the season, Patriots. He just, it just wasn't his style of football. True. I don't know. I think with his his style, I think he he can still be. 
okay. Whether whether he's kind of the answer for the Carolina pa- Carolina Panthers, I'm not so sure. I think what he, his presence does, I think his presence gives them the ability to say we can try to win now. Because while I say like he is he the answer, arguably no, but I think he gives them the best shot at quarterback given what they've tried to go through the past couple of years with Teddy Bridgewater and with uh, Sam Darnold. I think that what they can do is they can try to give him another two or three years or so. And honestly, based off of the injuries that he had in the earlier part of his career, I do think that after two or three years, he's going to be done. If he sees any type of success in this year or next year, if they get close to the playoffs this year, or if they go back and get into the playoffs, he'll get that hunger. And I think he'll play another two seasons after this. And, and, and Mark kind of butters your point here. You know, he's, I'm assuming he's on a one-year contract this year. That's correct. So moving forward, if you're that one-year contract quarterback and you're 50-50 right now in your last game, but you had two touchdowns on those first two possessions, your, your, your kind of drive to close out the second half of the season in a very, very strong way is quite high. You're yep. willing to work with the coaches, work with everyone to try and make it happen. And Biz, I get it. We've only seen, we've only seen one game. It's only but, been one game. But you know, when you're backed, backed into a corner, and you're that type of player who also has the physicality. I'm, I'm just, I'm giving him more the benefit of the doubt. That's all. It's definitely the more fun story. Speaking of stories that are not fun, Biz, you fought, you fought with me this whole week about making this a topic, and I kept saying, I just don't think it's that interesting. I just don't really. Think it's that why? Why would but you, you say know that? what? Let's go ahead and talk about this. Me okay. wearing my Russell Wilson jersey after love the it. first love shutout loss of Russell Wilson's career in a game that, quite frankly, was exhausting to watch not from the typical Seahawks game that's exhausting to watch because by the end of it you want to have a freaking heart attack Spence you've seen the Viking Seahawks games over the past couple of years where you just like feel like you need to contact your cardiologist because like you're about to die this was a game where you like you had to wake up because nothing happened until like the last eight minutes when the Packers decided to actually do a thing Aaron Rodgers looked bad Russell Wilson looked bad probably the first time I could say that Russell looked bad in his entire career but at the same time I don't think any Seahawks fan at this point has any delusions of grandeur that we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Is it statistically possible that we make the playoffs? Sure, I probably wouldn't put money on it. And quite frankly, I'm angry about the fact that the Jets have our first round pick because that would have been great. But Russell Wilson did not look ready coming back from that. He says that, oh, my finger's fine. That's not the problem. His balls did not look great going out of his hands into pass plays and things like that yes yes biz you can laugh at my misspeak spoken <laughs> there the balls coming out of his hands did not look great um ultimately I, I'm, the I'm team looked... go ahead i'm gonna have to interject i love i love what you did here mark so for the last few days we've been saying do we really need to talk about the seahawks so i don't think it's a very good topic it's and, not and here is what my steam's co-host has done this week he's taken all the time talking about this topic and mm-hmm. so as we talked about I, I, I will not, I will keep this very short. But sure. yes, it was a dud game. Seahawks looked rubbish. Green Bay looked pretty rubbish too. Russell Wilson looked terrible. Horrible. You're right. For, he was clearly not ready to come back. Um, but it, to me, it is a big story. Like, well, Seattle or Russell Wilson getting blanked for the first time in his career. When it's a Green big Bay... story when the first loss of that proportions comes after Russell Wilson has the first injury of his career. I don't think that's a story. Well, we can agree to disagree, but the other thing I'm going to say is also Green Bay didn't look good either. So, so their defense, uh, the, the really Russell, good. their defense, you know, Russell Wilson or the Seahawks had 
an opportunity to, you know, it was like three nil in that game. And then I know it was a dubious pick that Russell Wilson, there was question marks whether it was a pick or yeah. not, but still like could have even kicked, try and kick a field goal or something just because it wasn't a game where people were scoring high, mm-hmm. but I've said enough. I love how you'll find a good fight wearing your Seattle Seahawks. Oh, um, I'll defend my Seahawks even if they're looking bad. I got, I got one one last thing here, and I, I think that as the um, arbiter, Spence, you can be the arbiter here. Well, no, I just I just wanted to point out another thing that I that I just saw recently. You know, obviously I'm in Germany, so I don't hear a lot of these things live that happen. But I saw that um, there was a thing that uh, where the coach uh, Pete Carroll uh, came out that he was really really upset with some of the play calling. And he thought, you know, the refs made some really, really poor decisions, and he was very open about it. Mm-hmm. And um, being a Vikings fan, uh, having Mike Zimmer as your coach, uh, Mike Zim takes everything, and he doesn't try and pu- push the blame on someone else. Nope. And the only reason why I point that out is um, sometimes when there's blood in the water, uh, you, sharks can smell it. And when I see the head coach of a football team start just throwing the officiating under the bus and not taking the blame personally, I'm really wondering what's going on in the undercurrents, uh, because that for me is something that is also a little bit problematic for a team as a whole. So I wouldn't be surprised that's, if there's some other things that are going to be a little bit yeah. rough for Seattle for the rest of this year. I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case either. Um, there are a lot of Seahawks fans that have been clamoring for the departure of Pete Carroll, which I think has been ludicrous considering how he's. this is going to be his first losing season likely um, since 2011. And if it's your first losing season and the fans are telling you to get rid of the coach, my thought process is you guys are a bit spoiled. Like as a Vikings fan, wouldn't you kill to have 10 years consecutively of non-losing seasons? Oh, hey, absolutely. I'm just pointing out the fact that when you've got a coach that's been winning every season and he can't take the pressure and throws the officials under the bus, that's kind of a little bit like a sore loser attitude, you know? Sure, you can say that it's a sore loser attitude. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's that. I think he looked at the the official calls that were played in that game, and some of them were pretty bad. Um, I don't think that they were egregious enough to be able to say the officials were the problem. But you can take a look at Mike Tomlin, who also has thrown the officials on the bus multiple times. And no one would argue that Mike Tomlin is is in a situation where he's being a sore loser. Sure, but I can argue that on the other side, sorry to point this out, but they're, they're both really winning coaches. Sure. They don't like they're losing. both winning coaches. When you look at teams that are not winning coaches, they, don't, they can't be afforded that luxury. Because That's that true. is something, if you're not winning games, you can't put, once you put the officials under the bus and you're the one, the team that's like two and eight, that doesn't really look so good. So I'm just saying like when you've got those winning coaches and the moment they do that, I'm kind of always like, ah, oh, that's a luxury because you're a winning coach. And I'm a little bit, you know, as a Vikings fan, I'm always a little bit, you know, jaded by that. <laughs> I think, I think for me, the last thing I'm going to say on this is, it, I mean, you did bring this up, Mark, about Pete Carroll. I, I do think it might be time for, Pete Carroll to go. I, 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 it's not that he's not a good coach. I, I think sometimes, and I see this in my football, proper football, a lot. Sometimes it's just t- it's just time for someone to say, you know what, let's just let's just move on for both parties concerned. Pete Carroll is one of the best coaches in the NFL. I think most he, people would agree with that. He's yeah. a hall of famer. But it doesn't. Sometimes both parties can just get stale a little bit. Where things just ring a bit hollow and sometimes you just need a fresh face. doesn't mean someone's going to be, they might not be as good as Pete Carroll, but it might just sometimes be, okay, well, let's just get someone fresh in to, to kind of spruce things up a bit. And, you know, and I, and I think there is that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Pete Carroll has done a great, he's been a great job at Seattle. He's done an amazing job, but I just, I just feel it has gone a bit stale there. And I, I, 
I think it would be interesting to see if Seattle did get another coach, what what would happen. I'm going to end this uh, just because uh, w- with one statement, and we have a lot that we have to get to, and we're already over a half an hour into this, and I'm just dreading the editing of this at this point. But the last thing I'm going to say is, if the Seahawks move on from Pete Carroll and we end up having a lose at any point of the next two seasons, it was a mistake. It was just a plain old mistake because firing a coach that wins all the time and you have your first chance where you take a look at any chinks of the armor and you get rid of him, that is poor ownership decisions. It is just Even if you poor, could get Bill Belichick. It is a poor... No, you, you can't get a Bill Belichick. He doesn't exist. I'm joking. <laughs> but I would say that the only mistake that Pete Carroll has been guilty of over this entire tenure is keeping Ken Norton Jr. as the defensive coordinator because he has been the worst defensive coordinator in the league for the past three, four seasons. It's just not even close. And he's doing that out of uh, loyalty to him since he's had him on like every single coaching staff he's ever had and refuses to get rid of him. But ever since he took over as the defensive coordinator, our defense has been garbage. I don't think that the offense has been a problem because he's always put it in the hands of the people that matter the most. Uh, okay. And even when they had Brian Schottenheimer, it was fine. Anyway, I said I would end it, but because we still have a lot to go. We're at the halfway mark of the season. And you and I, Biz, we're wrong a lot. Now, I don't have a list of how all of our playoff predictions were. Um, I don't think we predicted playoffs. I think we predicted like how we thought the divisions were going to run. And I agree. Certainly were not the case on like a lot of these. I just want to bring up a couple of them, and I'm going to bring okay. up the ones that I got wrong. I oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Was, uh, th- I thought that this was the year that the Giants could pull it together. I thought this was Danny Dimes, Saquon Barkley healthy, Kenny Galladay, and mm. uh, Darius Toney. How's Saquon been for you this season? He is an unbelievable talent. And I think that they're trying to do everything they can to make sure that that talent lasts as long as possible. And I think that um, they're really been taking his time. You know, he was, he's been on the practice field this week, I think, um, or last week, I think last Thursday, something like that. So he's, he's getting back out there. I think a lot of other commentators made the prediction, you know, especially with the mark of the points you just mentioned. Uh, I was really thinking the Giants were able to put it together. Maybe this just needs one more year. I don't know. Whenever I see these types of injuries or reoccurring injuries from players, I'm always super nervous. You know, we've had, a, at least on the Viking side, Anthony Barr, uh, mm-hmm. Daniil Hunter. Yeah, um, two great uh, defenders. And, and look, these players are great. Daniil Hunter is fantastic. Um, you know, he's, a, as, as uh, Zimmer likes to call me, you know, he's a, he's a freak in a, in a good way in the sense that he has less athleticism, that like, he just can do things that other people can't do. But unfortunately, his injuries have come to the point where, as a football team, it's really hard to figure out, like, what are you going to do? Like, how do you play that? I don't think that's the case with Squam Barkley, but I do think it's the case when, you're, when you've got, like, that star player on your team, that when they have those injuries and they're just kind of creeping along, it's like... When do, you, when do you jump ship? Is that something you're going to do? Is it worth it? You know, are the fans going to you know, crucify you in the court of public opinion? I, it, it, it's just tough. I think it's, uh, yeah, I, sort of piggybacking off that, I think it's tough. You're right. He's arguably, in terms of talent, the best running back in the league, but he's just always injured. A bit like Christian McCaffrey, although Christian McCaffrey tends to, to kind of go in and out, and when he does come back, he's still good. But... Um, Saquon Barkley has just been, and it's sad because I think the running back position is not, it's not a very, there's not a long shelf life. And, and mm. you know, I, I hope for the Giants' sake that he does come back healthy and can still be great. But you just wonder if, you know, he's had horrible luck with injuries. And, and, and in a way, the Giants' season always rests on him. 
um, because if he's great, then it allows so much of the other things around him and to kind of open up like the passing game, things like that. But um, yeah. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't remember many things I got wrong. Uh, would you like for me to bring up the big one? Uh, didn't no, you pound the table don't. saying that Jared Goff was all. going to lead the Lions to greatness? Weren't you saying that Jared Goff, this is the difference maker? I think I the Rams w- lost out on this. They are, you know, you know what the Lions got out of this? They got a bad contract, a bad quarterback, and two late first round picks. Mm, and I, I respond. Won that. I was right. He he did lead the Lions to greatness. They are now not zero and nine, but zero one and eight. So it's not the European <laughs> yeah. way of looking at the dates there. Yes, you, know, you don't yeah. put the month first. Um, yeah, I was slightly wrong on that. I, I sort of missed a little bit on that slightly. one. Um, but, <laughs> I think yeah, the over-under I, you know for what? you should have been my, nine That wins. was my hot take. I actually thought that I did think the lines would be more competitive than they were. I, I, I don't know. I liked Jared Goff in, when he was at the Rams, and I thought, him getting out of that situation, which was a bad situation, it just ended badly. I thought him getting another opportunity somewhere else would be good. And actually, you know, we're going to talk about this bit later, but they have like DeAndre Swift has been good. Yeah, um, he's been really good. This he's season. been really good. And so, did yeah, you know they but, ran the ball through with him this past week thirty three times? No, I in a league I mean, where I you're know... seeing most running backs only get the ball like 10, 15 times a game, he got the ball thirty three times this past week. Yeah. Well, he's. I mean, he's been a. You know, the, uh, their he's been the one between, but a high, high, high point for the Lions. But yeah, yeah I um, I flubbed a bit on that one. So <laughs> it's okay. Both of us get a wash. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I'm going to just talk about one last like flub that we made, and we made plenty of flubs. Like talking about like how good this team is going to be. I think I said that you know the Bengals might be good, but you know they're probably going to be trash, and they're kind of yeah. right there in that playoff hunt right now because the team yeah. looks overall pretty pretty good yeah. um but the one player that i pounded my my fist on the table overall i was like this is going to be my drafting strategy i'm going to wait for this guy in like the sixth or seventh round was mike davis because i didn't see another player on yes i remember that roster and i'm going to use that as a segue into what i think are my mid-season surprises are um there are three running backs out there that i don't think anybody expected to be this good and that was cordero patterson who mm. did people think he was going to be a running back I think people looked at him as being like a gadget player, and then suddenly he's just the guy who takes the ball and can get you wherever you need. Uh, We talked about DeAndre Swift, who is one of the few players in the league that has over 150 total fantasy points halfway through the season. And I think the one player that's caught a lot of people by surprise, not off the fact that he was good, but he was this good, is Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. Like, we saw how good he was last season, but he is arguably the second or third best running back in this whole league. He is second in points total. The only player he is currently trailing in points out of running backs is Derrick Henry. Actually, no, that's not that's true. After his result of this past week, he has passed Derrick Henry in total points. Now, keep in mind, Henry's not played two weeks. Yeah. And he's only ahead by, like, 15 points, which just shows how much better Henry is than everybody else when he's healthy. But Jonathan Taylor right now is laying claim that he's the best running back in the league. Yeah. Spence, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, well, uh, when we talk about Cordell Patterson, the former Vikings player, um, yeah, I mean, he was kind of our gadget guy. I mean, he did kickoff returns. I mean, he was good. I, I, I think that um, the Vikings mentality, he just 
you know, it was a it was a round peg in a square hole. Um, yeah. And it was he just his talent wasn't it, he was on the wrong team. Uh, yeah. He was a great player, and he was and a I first round that, pick, you know, wasn't he? Hmm. He was a first round pick, wasn't he? I don't remember. Maybe. I'm gonna double check that just to see, like, am I but, off my marker? Anyway, continue. Well, when I, when I think about you know Cordell Patterson, you know, if I think of uh, the Falcons or I think of the Rams, uh, I think in those both of those, especially with the Falcons, he, he's a great fit. But he got his opportunity, and uh, he's obviously made the most of it. I mean, he's a big dude, and he's quick, and um, I'm happy. I, I mean, he's he's doing a great job. I think, you know, he was like one of, I think he, I think he was, I, I don't know if he was drafted by anyone. He might have been a waiver wire pickup. Uh, um, no, he was a waiver wire pick in our draft. I think you got him yeah. Uh, yeah. as a waiver wire pick, but he was a first round pick in 2013 uh, with a 29th pick by the Vikings. He was he a was first, first round, round pick. Wow. Well, we can, we can pick him and then we can just give him away. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Part of that is because he was almost 6'2", and he ran a 4'4", too. Yep. Which Ridiculous. I'm sure doesn't shock you based off of what he does. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree, Mark. Those three plays. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I, I wouldn't say he's that much of a surprise. I had Jonathan Taylor last year, and it was interesting because the first half of the season, maybe even 10, 11 weeks, he was not very good. And then suddenly, towards the second half of the season, he just, like, sprang into action um, and I remember I often occasionally wouldn't play him because I was just kind of unsure whether they would give him enough carries. And then he was great. And, and again, this season, I mean, he, he has been great. We talked about DeAndre Swift, um, the one sort of high point for the Lions. Cordero Pat- Patterson, yeah, definitely, definitely a big surprise. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're, good, they're good kind of surprise, surprise picks so far. Before we transition to the wide receivers that I was shocked with, I just want to point out this stat about Jonathan Taylor. He and Derrick Henry have the same amount of rushing yards right now, 937, which when you think that Derrick Henry got to that number with his, with two, missing a couple of games, two few like, games. holy crap, how crap. Yeah, but no, it's, it's unbelievable. That is a misleading stat, though, because while Derrick Henry did that with fewer games, Jonathan Taylor got there with fewer carries. Derrick Henry has oh. 219 carries to get 937 yards, Jonathan Taylor has 50 less touches than that. Wow. Wow. He has 161 carries, and he has double the receiving yards than Derrick Henry does. Wow. I'm guessing uh, he might be the number one pick next year, like the number one sort of he's rating. Certainly, he's certainly a situation where you can make the argument that next year he should be uh, RB1. It'll be him and Derrick Henry, one and two, probably. Yeah. I, I, do have, yeah. I do have one question about that. I'm, I'm, you know, especially with the Colts, I'm not very familiar with them uh, this year, especially. Um, Derrick Henry, of course. I mean, Derrick Henry, you know, Titans have a good offensive line, but, you know, when Derrick Henry gets a rumbling, he's a rumbling, and he's, he's a, a tough man to bring down. Yes, um, he is. Taylor on the other side, you know, like obviously, you know, proof is in the pudding. Um, he's obviously fantastic too. Oh, I love that um, southern twang there, Spence. Proof, uh, is, proof in is in the pudding. The pudding. <laughs> proof is in the pudding. Uh, but but uh, but you know, like, and obviously that 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 Colts that Colts offensive line is obviously doing their job moving things around. Oh, the Colts have um, had a good offensive line for a while. Yeah, that that's that's the interesting thing, though. I think that you know, if if, if I were just to throw them in a matchup, you know. You know, the guy's got 50 less touches and got more yards. But if you're thinking about somebody that even if you've got not, not as great of an offensive line, you know, uh, I, I think he needs that line. I think that line is helping him. It's the same thing with a lot of the great running backs in the day. If you didn't have that offensive line, you weren't really making it happen. I think Derrick Henry, though, 
I mean, I know he's injured now, but man, that man, I remember watching him last year and just being like, oh my God, Dalvin, yeah. this guy is unbelievable. Yeah. He is yeah, he's really fun to watch the he's, running back. He's, he's otherworldly. We said this before. I think he's like I, I said this on the podcast. He's like the previous like generational running back was Adrian Peterson. That Derek Henry is like the the next person after that. That people just go wow. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Before I move to the wide receivers, last statistic. Uh, this is from NFL Football Operations on Twitter. Jonathan Taylor is the fourth NFL player in history to record 100-plus scrimmage yards and a rushing touchdown in seven consecutive games. No yeah. one has done that since LaDainian Tomlinson in his MVP season. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was great, LaDainian Tomlinson, too. Yeah. So now onto the wide receivers. There are three wide receivers that I'm just pointing out here. Like They're not the top that's in the league. One of them certainly is. But the other two, I think people are like, Wow, these guys actually kind of popped. Michael Pittman Jr. for the Colts. I don't think anybody targeted him as being like the guy to be able to emerge with yeah. T.Y. Hilton like sliding back as far back as he did. I think a lot of people looked at their receiving court and say, you know, I just don't think that they got a person on their team, but Michael Pittman Jr. has been looking really good. Jamar Chase. Oh my gosh. I don't think anybody saw him like uh, a Justin Jefferson part two happening. And he looks like he's that guy this season. But this, there's only been one wide receiver that has shocked and just been better than everybody else, and that's Cooper Cup, who already has 1,141 yards and 10 touchdowns through the games. That wow. wow. That would be a good stat line for a full season. I would say with Cooper Cup. Also, he's the third leading points totaler in all of fantasy, not just out of wide receivers. Yeah. That uh, includes the look, quarterbacks. I, I, think, I think Cooper Cup. It's not that surprising to me. So in the, the kind of good days of Jared Goff and Sean McVay, Cooper Cup, he was never like, top, but he was always one of the top wide receivers. Yeah, Last year, I, I had Cooper Cup, actually, and he wasn't very good. Um, so, Are you blaming uh, last year's woes on Cooper Cup? Is that what you're doing? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, no, I mean, Cooper, Cooper Cup has been a revelation this year. Obviously, Matthew Stafford throwing, and I, He's been great. Um, Jamar Chase, obviously, he's one of mine. I can't say like enough praise. I mean, he's been he's been brilliant. Um, he's been and, and you're right. I don't Worth think many people expected him to be this good this quickly. Um, one wide receiver, actually, that I would say you didn't mention, and who's another rookie, is Devontae Smith in Philadelphia, who has been certainly over the last few weeks has been brilliant. And I think as the season progresses. His connection with Jalen Hurts is actually really good. And I think Devontae Smith will be like br brilliant in fantasy and, and for Philadelphia. I agree. I, I, I expected him to be a bit slow, especially since people were considered about the injury thing uh, coming out of college. Uh, but at the same time, how well he has adapted over the past month, I think this is going to be more of the norm of what he's capable of over the next couple of years. And the fact that yeah. he's got a guy like Jalen Hurts who's so dynamic and can be able to turn plays mm. into different things. I think this is the beginning of what this offense can be over the next couple of years. And it might be yeah. possible that Jalen Hurts is the guy for that team. And if not, they're going to see what they can get out of him and how much production they can achieve. Yeah, uh, I think Devontae Smith is going to be... Uh, right now, he's got 600 yards and four touchdowns. He could easily eclipse 1,100, uh, 1,200 yards by the end of the season and have like seven, eight, nine touchdowns or something like yeah. that. that yeah. That's yeah. not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I think... Uh... But coming to the, to the last guy, to uh, Michael Pittman Jr., um, 
you know, I remember the draft coverage. I remember everyone talking about this man being a matchup nightmare mm-hmm. because of his size. I remember all of it. And I watched those highlight reels and I was like, and I know my first time being on, but uh, I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, <laughs> he's not, he's not going to maybe outrun somebody in some things, but he is just, he's got that tight end size, but he's got that wide receiver athleticism and enough of that speed that he is just going to constantly create matchups. If you've got three wide receivers, four wide receivers doing some slant routes, even some out routes, he is just going to continue to be solid for a really long time. He might not be the most, the biggest in the numbers, but I see if, if I were to, to make it to make a prediction, if the Colts don't hang on to him, I think like a Bilicek would be really, really happy to get a player like him. Oh, yeah. And I've got a, I've got a feeling that if he stays with the Colts, great, but the next team is to go to, he could be that last piece of that puzzle that fills that, that, that just that he's just always consistently. I mean, it's his first year. It's yeah. his first year, and he's he's doing a great job. I this mean, is Michael Pittman yeah. Jr.'s second year, I think. Oh, was his second year? Yeah, I think he was a rookie last season. Oh God, I've been I've been in Germany too long, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> let me let me confirm that. Did he played last year, though. I don't. You know, well, he was he playing. He was playing with the Philip Rivers Colts last. Oh, Colts last oh year. okay. Well, we can. Yeah, he was a second out. round pick by the Colts last year. Okay. Okay. He was he he was he, not not the it was wait this year or last year. Uh, 2020. He was drafted in 2020. Again, okay. keep in mind, it was the 2020 season where we didn't know what was going on a lot with the uh, because of a lack of training camp and like we didn't know what teams really were. So I don't fault him for being as absent in the minds and eye space of everybody watching um, as I would be if somebody was like that this year. But he's really popping this season. And that might be yeah. because he's got uh, Carson Wentz instead of Phillip Rivers. It just might be a different change of what's going on. It also might just be these this sophomore jump that you expect from a decent wide receiver. Yeah, very well could be. Hmm. So leaving the midseason surprises and taking our lumps for how poorly we predicted some things, some things, just some things at the beginning of the season. Um, let's go ahead and take a look at our current week matchups. And I am going up against former guest host of the podcast, Jerry. Uh, good old Rona Quarantine. Currently, I'm slated to win by about 13 points. However, Jerry does have one position to fill. And actually, he may have two positions. He actually has two positions to fill. So I might not be looking as good as I thought. He has Daryl Henderson and Aaron Jones still listed on his team. Aaron Jones is doubtful for this week. And Daryl Henderson is on a bye. So he doesn't have his two starting running backs. And if I'm looking at his bench, he doesn't have any running backs there. In fact, the only running back on his team that looks like it's playing this week is going to be Leonard Fournette in his flex, which he's going to have to move up to one of those spots. No, nah, he, he he has to do some razzling and dazzling, some wheeling and dealing this week oh. to be able to get a decent running back. So, um, I was by the offering a trade on that end, by the way. The oh, what? interesting. You heard it here first, people. Oh, so we might be having some. Well, would you divulge on. live on air, or, or by the time this podcast has gone out, it is likely that any trades for the weekend have happened. That's true. But last thing, this league, I've offered so many trades, and no one has even offered a counter. I don't know what is going on because we've only got X number. It's just been brutal. Like, I don't believe you've offered trade. me a trade. Can I? Can I? Can I say something no. to that, Spence? Nope. Nope. So nope. Nope. yesterday. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I got a text from Improper Mark, who 
said that you you offered him Mike Williams and JD McKissick for Alvin Kamara. Now I did. I have to say, in your view, is that a fair trade? First of all, Alvin Kamara is not playing at the moment, and he needs a running back. And I'm offering my Mike Williams hasn't been playing the best, but when Mike Williams was best, he was getting twenty to thirty points a week. Yeah. So. And J.D. McKissick has also been consistent hovering around 8 to 12 points a week. So in actuality, the fact that you don't have your player, I'm, I'm taking a player that's on the disabled list for one to two more weeks, and you're getting two quality players at the beginning is not such a bad offer, in my opinion. Spence, why don't you talk about your matchup, and we'll figure out what it is you need right now. I'm against a Team Beatty this week, and uh, unfortunately, I am, I am very oh. concerned that the football gods, no matter how hard they try, will not uh. be enough. Oh, really? Wow. This week. Now, this could be the um, week. This could this be the could, week. This could very well be the week. Well, I want to say that at least the good news from my side is hopefully Mr. Barkley is uh, feeling better. And if he is, mm-hmm. that's Best great. wishes to Saquon Barkley. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, Dion Metcalf has been kind of up and down. We'll see. Keenan Allen, consistent. Uh, Darren Arnold, also probably start him. Uh, Deontay Johnson, great. Uh, Baltimore defense, we'll see how that goes. Maybe I'll pick somebody else up. Uh, kicker's still great. Um, we'll see if I make the switch with Cousins. I don't know. I mean, it's of course, it's Vikings versus Packers. And, of course, oh. everyone's picking the Packers to win the slim window. But you know what? The Vikings have finally let their off. or I don't know what's – first of all, we got to get rid of our offensive coordinator. Kubiak Jr. has been a disaster this whole season. But he's finally taking a page out and taking some risk. And when he takes a risk, that means Cousins throws. And his accuracy has been quite good. So you know what? I think I'm going to actually bench Rodgers, and I'm going to start Cousins. Because I think he's actually going to have a good night. And it's at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a rivalry game, and those are always difficult to predict. So, yeah. Yeah. The only problem is I'm I'm up up against uh, Mr. Prescott, of course, who we just spoke very highly of, Mr. Taylor, uh, Najee Harris, Tyler Lockett. Um, it is a murderous row for me that I'm going up against. I'm, I'm 126.8, and I've got 126.8 against 116. So you know, I'm an underdog for sure. And by underdog, I mean I'm 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 going to be huffing and puffing. And um, we'll see what happens. I need basically I need probably two or two and a half of my players to have some stellar games just to have a shot at this. It's not out of the question. Uh, I, I, if I were to make a prediction. And my prediction is going to be I'll switch Cousins. I think Cousins could have that great game. I'm also going to go off, and um, I think uh, Keenan Allen will also do that. Um, I'm going to actually try and pick up the Miami defense. We'll see how that waiver wire goes, but they have been crushing it the past two weeks, and that defense could yep. make the difference for me this week. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully no one else heard that. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I am for playing you. our inaugural f- – guest on our podcast you get uh, justin yeah um, so currently i mean currently i'm slated to be reigning I mean, league projected champion by, justin. yeah 29 points I'm up, but he needs to fill his quarterback spot so he does. you know it could it could obviously be i think it's projected to be fairly close once he fills his quarterback spot um he has teddy bridgewater but he's on bye he's so on yeah he, so needs he's, to, he needs to figure uh, out who's going to be yeah, um, but I think he'll be fairly Who's close. free right now? Who could he pick up in free agency? Uh, Taylor, Taylor Heineke's there. Cam Newton is there. I wouldn't be shocked if Justin picked up Cam Newton. 
Ooh. I would not be devastating. Shocked. It's a two-player swing, Biz. Yeah, <laughs> it's a two-player swing. Yeah, and yeah. Cam Newton well, is going Jones, against the Washington there. football team, and the Washington football team has the worst passing defense in the league. Matt Jones is still available too. In yeah, our league, yeah, I'd take Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. Um, but uh, I think it will be fairly close. Actually, he has. I mean, he's got Tyreek Hill. Um, he's got some good players on his team, so uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. An- another sign of a player who actually paid attention to what's going on in free agency. His flex position right now is Elijah Mitchell, who has been really, really good. He has been like, really, really good recently. Replacement yeah. running back for the 49ers. I just missed him on the waiver wire. I was yeah. so close. I uh, I'm so pissed. I got him in a couple of my other leagues, but Elijah Missile has been. He's I good. Keep calling Elijah Missile, but maybe that's maybe that's his well, maybe that'll be his going to be Elijah yeah. Missile. Elijah Missile. Great, um, great. I um I also need to pick up two players just to fill my roster spot. I didn't even realize I had two players, two spaces on my bench, so I can Uh-oh. I can maybe yeah. Well, Chase Edmonds is now on injured reserve, so I moved him to injured reserve, oh, so that freed up spot. The injured reserve spots, yeah. Right, but then I have so maybe like, you try to pick up Cam Newton so he don't. <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've got Carson Wentz. I'm not saying that you play him. I'm saying that Justin doesn't. Oh, I see. You could be that guy. I could be. That's that's the pro move right there. (laughs) No, I'm not scared of Cam Newton. I'm sorry. That's going to come back to bite me in the arse. I know. I would (laughs) love to start. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. I'm not scared of Cam Newton. I've got Justin Herbert and Carson Wentz. So if Cam Newton saw you uh, in an airport and he started getting really mad and started running after you, would you be scared of Cam Newton? Uh, no, he's, he seems a good bloke. I, th- I think we'd have a nice I chat. If he was he angry and he started running at you and he knew he was going to just, st- he had bloodlust in his eyes. Would you be scared? Would of I have my snooker cue with me? Sure. Okay. Then, then no, I wouldn't. Be. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would still take Cam Newton there. Could and I have my with that, bat with me, huh? Could I have my cricket bat with me too? Does he also get a cricket bat? <laughs> I don't think he needs a cricket bat. To be honest, I think I would still take him without a cricket. <laughs> yeah, bat. yeah. And with that, we're gonna bring it down to where we always end our episodes with our survival pickums. Biz, why don't you start us off this week? I know we talked about this recently, but. There is a there is a match. I'm I'm almost thinking because I'm so far ahead of you. Shots oh, fired. you're gonna do it! Oh, you're gonna do it! I know <laughs> what you're looking at. I know what you're talking about. And given given this team is is slightly in disarray after a a shocking performance against New England, and how the other team is on, and how the, the other team trajectory. the other team is almost on a one game win streak, even though they didn't actually win. But I'll give them the win. Um, yeah. I'm ah. Oh. I'm sort of do I'm it. Sort of looking. At, you coward! You do know, it. You know what? I I my 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 family might might disown me because as, as I mentioned, my my other half is from the Cleveland area. I've already so written it down. Chuck <laughs> and Marge, apologies, but I'm going out. I'm going to do it. Come on, Jared Goff. I'm going to pick. <laughs> the Detroit Lions <laughs> over the Cleveland Browns. He is well, not Cleveland a Cleveland are going to bounce back and they'll score 50 points. Yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. But this is going to be my Lions pick. Come on, that Detroit. Is you can do it. kind of crazy. All right. Um, 
You I said you're going to have to pick them sometime. You're going to have to pick That's them sometime, true. and you're doing it now. You're certainly doing it now. I am going to pick a team that I really, really like. A team that, for all intents and purposes, should be suffering from a slump based off of injuries, but has not, and has just kept winning. And they actually have a pretty decent matchup this week against a team that's arguably the worst in the league. So I'm going to go ahead and select the Tennessee Titans this week to be able to beat oh. the Houston Tec Texans in a rivalry matchup. That's just, I mean, look, you've you've had a bit of go. Both like blue. You've had you've had a bit of a go at me over the last few weeks for going with these safe picks. So I don't blame you because obviously I'm miles ahead of you at the moment in pickums. So I, you know, it's fine. It's fine. You can take a safe pick um, <laughs> over Houston. I, I'm, I'm picking I'm a team that, that a... does not have their starting running back mm. in a divisional matchup. They've won, they've won every game without him, so I don't think divisional matchup always tougher <laughs> than you think it is. True, that's true. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's a good pick. I mean, the other one I was looking at. I mean, obviously, I've made my pick, but yep. I was looking, seeing as we have our honourable guest here from uh, Minnesota, I, 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 I think Minnesota can do it over Green Bay. I was at looking home. at that game too, but I wanted yeah. to leave that for Spence. And in fact, of Spence, course, of course. I'm actually going to require you to pick that game either way. So just to recap, Spence, what we do is, yeah, so we have, you're allowed to pick three, three games. Um, I'll leave Mark to, there, there are some rules on the games, aren't you? You have like an easy pick. Right, 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 right. And going out on a limb. I think the the easy pick for me, uh, I'm gonna and the reason I, I think it just makes sense, I'm just gonna take the Chargers over the Steelers. Um Ooh. I don't think the Steelers I think the Steelers are reeling. I think they are not in great shape at all. And I think the, the Chargers the Steelers were gonna be leaning on Rudolph more than Roethlisberger for the next game. Yeah, I mean, and the Chargers just got beat by the Vikings. No one likes to get beat by the Vikings, uh, let's true. be honest. So I'm just going to just go ahead and say that's going to be a Chargers win. Uh, I think it's more no one I think it's more no one likes to get beaten by Kirk Cousins and, and the Vikings. That's probably true too. <laughs> Cuz I, I think mean, it was the same when he was in Washington. I like yeah. Um, yep. And <laughs> um, I would say for the uh, for the for the mid pick yeah, you know what? I am going to go with my Vikings over the Packers. I think that's a legit. <clears throat> I think that, um, legit. Uh, two reasons. Uh, one is that it's, it's Vikings at home. Uh, second reason is that, you know, we're, you know, four and five. Uh, we're, we have not been what we need to be. Um, and two weeks ago, both Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen not only called out all the players, but also called out the coaches in their own way, which is something they normally don't do. They said, <laughs> everyone's responsible, including the players and coaches. And once uh, both of them said the word and coaches, I knew exactly what that meant. And the past two <laughs> weeks, we've seen a little bit of a different football team. They've been going for it on fourth downs. You've got some uh, fake punts. This is great. So I, you know what? I think they're going to pull it out a little bit, and they're going to take that win against the Packers. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and, it's, it's good. Good call. And uh, Mark, this one's for you. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, I am, oh no. <laughs> I would love it. Death. 
I'm gonna. I I, I think it's gonna happen. I I, I do. I think that uh, the Seahawks are definitely are going to upset the Cardinals. Although, is it really that much of an upset if DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray are not going to be playing? If you're an eight and two team, you even if it's close, you should be able to pull that out. You um, should. And hmm. I, but 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 knowing the tenacity of Russell Wilson and also Pete Carroll to give him credit as well. Uh, that that team is still solid, and I know Mark, you haven't been happy with the, the defensive play calling and things like that. But I think if there's an interception or two at a timely position, I think that's going to be enough to turn the tables. I think you might have some more points coming out there. I'm really hoping that Dion Metcalf has a has a stellar game. I think he needs to really show up and not get ejected and try and come back on the field after you have been ejected. So let's uh, let's hope that he can just. Uh, Keep it I like check. how you keep calling him Dion Metcalf because he's certainly developed that uh, that larger than life personality. That uh, oh yeah, you know it's, it's first names we're not going to especially with these because you know I just don't talk about fancy. I only see last name, so I always get the initials. So <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, actually like, that, that's an appropriate Dion. name because he is developing that larger than life personality. Which honestly, yeah. we haven't had a lot of those personalities since the Legion of Boom left, and mm. I'm okay with that being on a player yeah. like of DK Metcalf. He needs to cool his jets a bit and stop just yeah. like fighting the corners. Although that was really yeah. interesting to watch against Lattimore. Yes. Um, I'm excited to see how that game could go. I want to just add one more thing. And if there's a game I could recommend for everybody to watch, Baltimore at Chicago, Lamar Jackson versus Justin Fields. That looks like it's going to oh. be a lot of fun. And yeah. both defenses are not doing especially phenomenally, but both defenses are not terrible. I, I certainly think that the Ravens are probably favored in that matchup, but at the same yes, time, I agree. this is the type of game that I think could be a, a, a big coming out party for Justin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. I think it's the, you know, I've got a friend and she has uh, been a lifelong Bears fan. And that is all that has always been the sticking point with the Bears. Defense has always usually been there. Yeah. But yeah, the ability for, the general manager and everyone else to draft a competent quarterback has been something that has been unbelievably horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've never the, been able to do it, really. They've never been able to do it. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, Justin Fields has really shown some moments. And, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I, th I, think that's a great, I think that's a great game to watch. You know what? I'm going to watch yeah. it. I love the fact that you're going to watch that game. There we go. And with Look that, on. my beer is empty. And I think that's a great place to end this podcast. Spence? Let's do it. Any last, any last shout-outs? No, I, I guess the last shout-out is, you know, well, first, I just want to give both of you guys a, a big thank you for having me on. This has been fun. I just want to, you know, especially everyone in our fantasy league, uh, that uh, I want to give everyone, you know, a big shout-out and say, hey, thank you guys for participating. You know, for me, not being in the States, it's kind of always nice to play these familiar faces or you know, whatever. Uh, it's, it's just been Aww, great. Uh, it's, 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 it keeps me in contact with everybody. And I, and I hope that maybe in the future, I can also have my, uh, my second time uh, on this podcast. So thank you guys. We would love it. Of course. We'll, we'll have to discuss that obviously, but um, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll set something up. I would obviously like to shout out Spencer being here. I'm also going to shout out the England proper football team who secured qualification for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar with a smashing 10-0 win over San Marino. The mighty San Marino, who are the, the last-ranked team, I believe, in the FIFA rankings. 
But still, we scored 10, which we haven't done for a long time. <laughs> so congrats, England. Hopefully we can go one better than we did three years ago and this summer. So wait, 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 come this, on, three Lions. Wait, but, but can, a, can a team even score 10 points? Is that legal? <laughs> it's a touchdown on <laughs> a field. We can, uh, <laughs> well, yes, you can score as many goals as you want in a football match. So if it's if it's twenty one if it's twenty one you can score twenty one goals. There's no but, but I thought that. the game was I thought the game was over at eight. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's not true at all. No, uh, yeah, we scored ten. So yes, how about you, Mark? I have one shout out. Um, some of you know that I do another podcast, and I'd like to give a shout out to that podcast. The name of that podcast is Kicking Myself, and it is a podcast about trading card games and Magic the Gathering, and all types of fun stuff. So if you are interested in that type of stuff, uh, it is also available on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And I see Spencer getting really excited about the type of stuff that I just talked about. Give us a listen. Uh, We've actually got uh, a lot of people starting to listen. Uh, We had a nice surge recently in listenership, and uh, it's really, really excited to see what's going on with that. So if you enjoy this, please give Kicking Myself a listen to as well. And with that, thank you, Spence. As always, thank you, Biz, and we'll see you next week. Cheers.